See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. Everyone, and now your hosts, David Fairhead. Well, folks, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Uh, I know that Kevin Christ uh, gave me a great position, of course, very close to my uh, my guest here, John Russo. No, no stranger to these airwaves. Um, I had a great Living Dead weekend, and I'm sure, I know you made a killing. Did you do good? Well, you mean in terms of sales? Yeah. Yeah, I did really, really good business there, but, you know, that's almost not the important thing. Meeting the but, people. Yeah, the main thing was um, the tribute to George Romero at Ooh. the cemetery. Ooh. And, you know, there were so many things going on because of his passing away. I had just gotten back from uh, Los Angeles where he got a star on the Walk of Fame, and Russ Streiner and I were there with yes. You know, so many people, Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, and on and on. And, what you know, what a great event and an honor that he, I wish he could have been there to, to uh, share in, but he knew it was coming. He did? Yeah. Okay. So when's the last time you actually talked to him? Was it? The last time I talked to him was at a uh, one of the horror conventions in, uh, I think it was Motor City Nightmares, but I'm not. Okay. And uh, they, I get them mixed up because i do so many of them and but in any event i was joking around with uh richard ritchie and talking about the fact that uh, i came up with the idea that he should eat he should eat a worm (laughs) 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 or no a mouse sorry Uh, in the in the remake uh you know he was he was the zombie that ate the mouse and that was my (laughs) idea and we were just trying to dress up the end of the movie, and and uh, I said I said to George things like, uh, you know, there ought to be a zombie with uh, in a in a in a hospital gown with an IV hanging out of his arm, and hmm. and George would say, well, go see if the special effects guys can rig that real quick, and they they were always anxious to do anything, so <laughs> yeah, they said, well, we can do that, and then I said, you know, in the original Night of the Living Dead, Richard was the zombie at the window that gets shot in the chest goes down but gets back up and then stays down when he gets shot in the head and marilyn eastman in a different makeup you know in a zombie makeup with an ugly face and a black wig she's the one that ate an insect off of a tree oh my god yes and so i said you know maybe we ought to have a 
a zombie eat a mouse, and George said, "We'll see if the see if the special effects guys can rig that real quick." So I'm sorry. So That's really I went, funny. "Yeah, we can make a mouse." So Richard and I are talking about it, and he said, "You know, it was an awful <laughs> funny feeling having that little furry thing in my mouth." Oof. Oof. And I said, "Well, you ought to be glad we didn't cram a gerbil up your ass." <laughs> You and, heard it here first, <laughs> and everybody was uh, everybody was cracking up. There were a whole bunch of us from uh, Night of the Living Dead, all with tables in a row, and everybody was getting a big kick out of it. So George used to, you know, I didn't see him so often once he moved to Toronto, and mm. when when we would run into each other at conventions or we would see him in Toronto, he'd say, "Jack, you know, tell me a tell me a joke, tell me something funny." because I'm always the one joking around making people laugh, even on stage. So I said, well, if George doesn't have a big line, I'm going to go tell him what I just said to Richard, because he'll, he'll get a laugh out of it. And I went out. He was in the uh, outside of the main room where we were, mm-hmm. and he didn't have much of a line, so I, I sat next to him, and I, and I, I saw how frail he looked. Mm. And uh, I told him the thing, and he did get a big laugh out of it. And then he told me, he said, they found things on my lungs. That's the way he put it. And he said, I have to have a CAT scan and a biopsy. That was in March. And so, you know, I knew right then that things weren't good. And and then, you know, he passed away in July, so... What a shame! <clears throat> so we had the yeah. Went to the, Russ and I went to the funeral in Toronto with his wife, wife Ramona, and uh, Rob Lucas, and then we went to the ceremony, the, the the star on the Walk of Fame, and then the ceremony in uh, tribute to him in, in in Evan City at Living Dead Weekend, which was amazing. Yeah, and I I made remarks to the effect I kind of repeated them in Evan City, and I said I concluded my remarks in Toronto. Well, first of all, I didn't think I was going to cry, but I did. I, they had these big pictures of George there and memories from the old days, and they had a picture of him at the rewinds, which was so typical back then, you know, editing, and uh, and I just started started to cry and Rob was patting me on the back and I got myself together and I I was okay when I made my remarks but I concluded the remarks by saying that we were fans of uh, Sammy Davis and and Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin you know, Mm -hmm. those guys had a style and a charisma and and I said to George one time talking about them that the world was a poorer place without them yes and I said, well, you know, George made his mark on the world, and and the world is a poorer place without him. And now we'll uh, we'll cherish our memories. That's how I ended the the remarks. That's that's rough. We, we all share it. We all share it. It was extremely painful. Um, great to be a part of the Living Dead weekend, but yeah, there was a lot of um, sadness there. Amazing turnout though for people that came to his tribute. Um, just fantastic. And it, it was in the Evan City Cemetery, folks. For those that are new to Night of the Living Dead, and there shouldn't be anybody new, but I've met a few, um, which is good. You want those new fans. Um, yeah, it was right in front of the chapel, which was mm-hmm. re- rebuilt. Uh, you know, uh, Gary Strider spear- 
spearheaded a campaign to uh, raise money to to rebuild the chapel, and so that was the site of it. You know, he was buried in in Toronto, um, so this was just a special tribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was rough. It was rough. The, uh, people came back a little forlorn. They um, it was a long. They did a tour, like a two hour tour through the Evans City as well. And then we had that influx of people that came in around noon, or I, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, your table is always busy. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and the other thing was that uh, it was the Pittsburgh premiere of the uh, Janus Films uh, Museum of Modern Art uh, 4K the restoration of Night of the Living Dead. So, so again, we had to we introduced the movie and spoke at the theater, the Fulton Theater, and. Um, and that was another. So all these events were crammed together within a space of three or four weeks, and uh, flying here and there, driving here and there, Toronto and L.A. and Evans City, and and so on, to uh, to accomplish all of this. Yes, and we're definitely <clears throat> celebrating this week, um, Thursday. Yeah. Thursday at the Oaks in Oakmont, folks. If you're out there. Or near there, or in the Pittsburgh area. I think it's almost sold out, though, isn't it? Uh, well, the VIP tickets are sold out, and as of a couple of weeks ago, a hundred seats uh, or more were sold in the in the in the main part of the theater. So, mm. you know, I think it might be close to a sellout, but um, are, I, there are still seats left for people that still want to come, and it's open to the public. But the, one of the main oh. We have a fan calling in, uh, has questions for you. Are you ready for this? We'll get back well, to yeah. well, We're going to get back to My Uncle John is a Zombie, which is at the Oaks, but here we go. Well, meantime, I'm going to shut off my phone, and it plays a little song here. I should have shut, shut it off before. Well, I think we have a caller right now. Are, are, okay. Are you, caller, are you there? I am here. Hello. This is uh, Paul Wardlin, who is in your book, Rise of the Dead. And in my book, Fiends of the Flesh, um, he's an incredible writer, editor, publisher. Well, we won't get into the rest of that, but we're all starving artists. But you are one of his gods, and he introduced me to you way back when. Paul, you there? I'm here. Hello, John. Yeah, I remember your name from the, from the uh, your posts on my Facebook page and from the book. He's got some questions. Thank you. So. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, so, John, it's, uh, I'm sorry I can't be there in person. I'm sorry I missed you at the uh, the Living Dead set. He was supposed to be there with me. Yeah. I, got, uh, I was uh, hit by a car, and my arm got broken in the process, so I'm healing oh, I'm sorry and uh, just that. taking it easy. I'm over in New Jersey, and, uh, yeah, just uh, very happy to be talking to you uh, over the phone. This is fantastic. Um I'm, I'm a bit speechless, so... <laughs> Told you, anyway, he loves you. Um, well, I always say, uh, you know, I, I put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> so, John, Night of the Living Dead is obviously just a film that David and I and so many people love and appreciate, and it has thrilled and excited so many generations how do you feel about that legacy well we're kind of used to it (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) russ Steiner and i have uh, been trustees of the corporation that made the movie 
for 50 years, so we've handled all the business and dealt with all the piracy and the legal problems and everything else, so it never really left us. And mm. so it's not like we're looking back on something. Beyond that, the, the, the whole, you know, I was the one that came up with the idea that they'd be dead people in search of human flesh and... and uh, and uh, Flesh-eating so zombies. Without all those uh, two ideas, you don't have Night of the Living Dead or anything that came after it. So, uh, but 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 right away things came after it. You know, George did Dawn of the Dead. I was I was involved with uh, Return of the Living Dead. One of Paul's favorites, by the way. Oh, thanks. And, yes. Uh, that's a, that's a but I didn't work on the production. I wrote the novel and I wrote the original screenplay with Russ and Rudy Ritchie. Uh, I wrote most of it, and then it was revised because they wanted a horror comedy. Dan O'Bana did the revision, and I novelized his script. So, uh, But I was the one that put the deals together that ended up getting the picture made. So, um, But in any event, hot on the heels of Dawn and Return of the Living Dead... Uh, came Sam Raimi with Evil Dead and mm. you know and, and it ju- just never quit uh, The everybody saw a way to make a name of them for themselves and maybe launch a career and so a lot of people the, the whole everybody following following in our footsteps it never stopped and still goes on so you know some of the things are really good I like Shaun of the Dead <laughs> I don't begrudge anybody any of that you know just don't rip us off. If you can come up with something original and uh, and it's your own work and it's not a copycat kind of thing like goes on in Hollywood over and over again, then more power to you. I'm not a purist when it comes to fast zombies, slow zombies, or in between zombies either. Just just make it work. Right, and you're mm-hmm. not, you also don't watch a lot of other horror, so you're not influenced by it, from what you tell me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have to wonder if I would have had a certain idea if I didn't see somebody else's thing, you know, and I don't want to get accused of plagiarism if I happen to have a similar idea as someone else. So, and besides, it's not my main interest, you know. (laughs) Right, right. Paul, you got something else? Yeah, so, uh, well, speaking of all these other, uh, you know, artists and filmmakers who are inspired by Night of the Living Dead, do you watch The Walking Dead at all? No. I knew that no, answer. I have no interest in it. I, I did. I watched one episode, the okay. first one. It happened to be because there was a professor who's become a good friend of mine, a really great guy named Travis Langley, and he's a psychology professor. And he wrote a book called "The Psychology Behind Star Wars," oh. <laughs> and uh, the psychology. He's got a franchise going, "The Psychology Behind Batman." The psycholo- and then the psychology behind The Walking Dead. So mm. he wanted me to write a foreword and paid me pretty well to do that. Wow, nice. And so to write the foreword, I had to see an episode. So I watched one, which happened to be the first one. I don't I, I don't pay Paul for his writing, just so you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so anyway, so that's up to Gary. and I did some <laughs> conventions and panels together and... He's just a really good person and uh, very bright and a lot of fun. So, okay. So that it was a good experience doing that. But I knew those guys way back when they were doing comic books. George didn't like the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, he considered the whole Walking Dead thing to be a ripoff. And to tell you the truth, the first 
<laughs> Interesting. Some of the stories that I looked at in comic book form it was was pretty damn close to uh, the original Night of the Living Dead, a little bit too close. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think that's what uh, alienated George, but I don't I don't bear them any grudge. Well, I think Paul's got one more for you. It might be deep. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I mean, we saw each other. Well, I mean, we just talked about that before he phoned in. Really. Yeah, we talked about the whole subject of the, you know, his funeral and his star on the Walk of Fame and the tribute in Evan City. So we covered that pretty much. But we, yeah, we remained friends the whole time and didn't didn't see him as often when he moved to Toronto, but. Uh, when we did see him, you know, we got, Russ and I spent a lot of time there during the production of uh, the stage play Night of the Living Dead Live, which opened in Toronto, and so we would see him quite often then. So, and it was always fun to get together and drink a lot of booze <laughs> and laugh our asses off is what we did let me tell you this guy is a rock star paul okay uh his table always had there's women everywhere <laughs> and then he shows up at my table the women show up there i he's a rock star well <laughs> and some now, people say that I'm, it's probably it's probably exaggerated <laughs> exaggerated no it's not exaggerated and now he literally like we're going to record a song tonight or today i should say um and um if you haven't seen or heard zombie doobie yet that'll be in the movie um and we're going to be talking about that too paul anything in closing i know this guy's one of your idols yeah i, I would really john i would like to know your opinion on all this fallout that's going on in hollywood right now well i've certainly never treated based on your own experiences well, we published Screen Queens Illustrated, Bob Michalucci and I, for five years. We treated the women with dignity and respect. And, we, you know, some people complain about the nudity, which used to crack me up. And I'd write editorials about the people that complain when they saw a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'd satirize that, you know. But... uh we we did. Uh, they liked working with us, and so they and they would almost not really, but but battle to be with us at the conventions because we, when we published that magazine like Children's Theater, mm. they'd give us six tables because they knew we were bringing the good looking babes, and, <laughs> you know, and they would draw fans so and ticket buyers. So it was a lot of fun doing that magazine. But the point is. In answer to your question, we treated them with dignity and respect, and they didn't need to be afraid to be around us. And there you, know, you go. I've right. certainly, I can't stand these guys that abuse women. I really, I really can't. Mm -mm. You know, a bullet in the head would be a little too good for them. Some of them. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to watch out for John now. Um, all right. Well, well, I, I I wouldn't do the shooting unless I knew I wasn't wouldn't get caught. You just hire somebody to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi? Uh, no. All right, all right, Paul. Hey, thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And John, I hope to meet you in person real soon. Same to you, Paul. All right. Appreciate bye bye. It. Bye bye.
yeah he was the reason that i got into your stuff and uh <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely friend from high school uh we're gonna take a quick break here folks and i'm gonna wrap things up and thanks for listening to kettle whistle radio i'm not afraid of the dark but you should be there are things that well here in the dark things best left unseen with the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new Truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. .fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> We're back. Once again, thanks for listening. I'm here with the famous John Russo, the rock star, also known as the zombie creator. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I want to thank Paul Wadjelin for calling in, another great writer. Um, we were talking about Christine Soltis, who you met at my tent. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a wonderful science fiction writer, and she's been on the show many yeah, times. Yeah, easy on the eyes. <laughs> I'm say. Christine, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to. <laughs> yeah, so we had a good show. I'm just saying, uh, Living Dead Weekend, I mean, there's some somber moments there beyond, well, we can't even, but we had a good time. And good people, we always meet great people there. But right now, we're trying really hard to promote, and we don't have to. The Oaks in Oakmont. You're going to see Uncle John. My Uncle John is a zombie premiere. Did you buy your tickets? Uh, what time is it? It's at 7.30, but uh, people should come early because there's going to be photo ops with the, oh, wow. with the stars of the movie and the makers of the movie, and it's going to be a lot of fun. That's so cool. Uh, the theater has a bar. It's it's an upscale theater. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for people that want to there, there's a bar across the street we've made arrangements to hang out there and have some fun after the screening that's what i hear that's what i hear <clears throat> yeah mr salon Sangaris called in today and said you're gonna go to the after party i was like there's an after party <laughs> okay sure all right they've made room in that bar for 20 or 30 of us and i don't think that's going to be in the room <laughs> it's not 
Of we know everybody's going to want to hang out. But if you know, we may have to go somewhere else. Who knows? You have your own entourage, so we know. Yeah, you you kind of bring them in. I'm well, just I saying. I just think you know the movie looks so good, mm. and uh, we uh, Joe Majestic was our rep at the American Film Market a couple of weeks ago or ten days ago, and. The buyers just absolutely love the trailer. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the trailer on my uh, I did. Facebook pages, uh, cultclassics.com uh, has it on their site, and they're going to be interviewing me next week and doing a, a whole number on the movie. So, so you know, just log in. Or go to MichaelJohnIsAZombie.com, and you can see the trailer and learn a lot about the movie right well i've been bragging about it um and i bragged about the fact that you brought your it was like some you had like a dvd device that you brought to my tent and we watched pieces yeah, of that's it that's my little dvd player it's nice about a f- five inch screen yeah it, it works really well and uh but you know i've showed a few people the, <laughs> the, the, the movie or clips from it that way when there wasn't a, a VCR or right. DVD player handy. I was uh, proud. I was proud. Yeah, and I got to see certain scenes and certain credits, and I was yeah. Wait, thank. you saw yourself get shot in the head? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've heard this. You're one, one of the first zombies killed. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, I thought I was the first one, but I think I'm the third now. Yeah. So yeah, I had to come clean on that one because I signed somebody's shirt as the first one dead, mm. so I had to. <laughs> Come clean, my buddy Tim uh, Magish Magician Magician. You, uh, you know him. He ca- I've, I've always heard it pronounced Macon. It's Ma- got is a bunch it? of whole. Yeah, oh. it's M A J A K I N, or I think it has a few more syllables in it that I can't remember. Great guy. Great, yeah, he, great guy. And he he really uh, works hard to promote the, the movie and stay in touch and so on. I think we'll see him Thursday. You know, speaking of that, Misty Wood. Yes, that's right. She was uh, she was an Indiegogo contributor, and uh, uh, she wanted her two young sons to be zombies that get killed in the movie, and so they do. <laughs> it's a pretty good scene where one of the zombie hunters gets uh, attacked, uh, so, uh, overcome by a bunch of zombies, and the two little kids come at him while he's dying. He's already been bitten, and he's going to turn into one. And uh, he, those are the last two that he shoots. <laughs> so we got, we have two kids being shot in the movie, two zombie kids. <laughs> he says this with a smile. I'm and just telling you right now. <laughs> we have the, the, the guy that runs the the, the honey camp, uh, Chuck Corby, who's oh yes, a good Chuck. Of mine, a hell of a he's singer. been on this show. He's got a song in the movie too, but he plays the Stush Polanski who runs the zombie honey camp. There's a scene where he brings his grandkids, and, and Solon plays one of the zombie hunters, and he ties a couple zombies to a stake so that the kids can can, crack, can drill them. Whoa. These two little kids, Chuck, who's playing Stosh, says, hey, these kids know their First Amendment rights backward and forward. Tell them, kids. <laughs> one of them says... Uh, I have the right to bear arms. The other kid says, "The other kid says, I'll give up my gun when they pry for my cold dead hands." <laughs> and and then they, and then Stush shows them how to zero the rifles in on these two zombies, and they do. They shoot them in the head. <laughs> I gotta say, I, 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 I mean this I, th- this movie camps on on everybody, uh, everything zombie and everything 
people. Yes. <laughs> you know. And filled with great people. You have yeah, you, you picked what a, a gigantic cast. Mm-hmm. My God. I had a great time on the set. We had so much fun. It was only like three days for me, but um two days, two and a half. Just so much fun, um, nice people. Uh, and who's your cine- cinematographer? Is uh, Rob? Uh, well, uh, Mike Schiff uh, shot most of it. Rob okay. Lucas shot right. the stuff of, uh, uh, with me. We didn't, because of the cold weather, you know, mm. it got to be freezing. We were hoping Indian summer would hold out cause mm. into December, but it didn't. So half the movie was shot in uh, Clareton, Pennsylvania, right. and around Pittsburgh. And then I had to go to Los Angeles, where we shot at the Days of the Days of the Dead convention. I had to get into my uncle John, my favorite convention, makeup and costume. And then we shot at Rob's studio, Wolfpack Studios in Burbank. So half in L.A. and half in, half in Pittsburgh. But folks, the fog that you see was real. <laughs> was yeah, <laughs> and that I in budgeting time and money, I didn't uh, account for so much fog moving in and costing us half of uh half of our uh, time uh, half, half of the time of a shooting day you know? i can't i can't Not even just imagine one shooting day but every day there's fog and we don't usually get that much fog in november and december but there it was yes and it was i i turned one scene that where where uh, uncle john has to jog and he has to keep active so this <laughs> rigor mortis won't come back and so he's jogging with his dumbass nephew oscar Played by Gary Vincent. I'm dying because I saw the scene. <laughs> and, uh, and we're jogging through the fog where I wa- never intended to have us jogging through the fog. But I had to make some use of that fog so we could shoot something. So we're jogging through the fog and Oscar's saying, oh, if I want to go back to being able to chase the girls, I have to I have to stay in shape. <laughs> oh, my God. So, and that's right after that I get attacked by this crazy preacher. Oh, played, yeah, played, played by, by uh, Russ Streiner. <laughs> oh. So he wants to drive a sharpened cross through my head. Didn't get to see that I'm scene I'm not going to tell you how it turns out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> see, he keeps saying that to me. He keeps saying that to me. But, yeah, fantastic. So much fun. But when I say rock star, too, um, so, some of you have heard Zombie Doobie on these airwaves. But, yeah, the man can sing. And I've been told from folks, they love your voice. Yeah, everybody's cracking up over the song which which i hoped would happen it, i got the idea whenever uh bill heinzman and uh, bob michalucci and i were doing commentary tracks for uh the 30th anniversary edition of night of the living dead we're, mm-hmm. we're doing these commentary tracks for uh anchor bay and, and we were in detroit doing that and 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 i started uh just clowning around like i always do and uh, I started going, zom, 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 zombie dooby, zom, 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 zombie dooby, zom, 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 so on. Well, I love you, darling. I want to munch on you. I need you, darling, to make a lunch of you. I want you, darling. <laughs> oh, you're not going to finish it. <laughs> I want to munch on you. Well, I guess they'll hear it at some point. But Heinzman... <laughs> Sometime later, he got he got a uh, they found natural gas on his property, and he was getting a lot of money for that. And he said, "You know," he said, "When we did those commentary tracks, you were doing some funny, campy songs and just making up your own words." And he said, "If you would write a script for that like that, I would finance it." 
Wow. Then Bill Bill passed away. So mm. <clears throat> anyway, mm-hmm. I had that in mind, and when we needed a song for a certain passage, we had a song in there, but we didn't. I didn't like it a whole lot, and uh, and, the, and so I wrote the Zombie Doobie song and recorded it right here. Right with, here. Uh, your, your friendly engineer, Dave Fairhead. <laughs> Helms Deep Headquarters, folks. So That's where we are. People are getting a big kick out of it. I'm trying to pressure him into doing a little acapella right now with a new song, but well, he's kind of... my voice kinda, is kind of froggy for some reason. You, 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 you <clears> want <throat> me to get some vodka for you? <laughs> yeah, well, I had to get some vodka last time because I had a cold. <laughs> it's <sitting> right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bottle. Yeah, the bottle's the bottle. still there. Yeah, that's gonna little stay airline there. bottle. I didn't drink a whole fifth. <laughs> no, 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 little no. Little airline no. bottle like they don't give you anymore. Well, no. they do if you pay for it. Just a little potato juice for your vocal cords. Um, but yeah, you may or may not hear a new song from him, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how he feels. Well, I mean, you could play the finished song. It would be a lot better, wouldn't it? Okay, well, uh, yeah. We, I mean, right. I... To sing the whole okay. thing a cappella. I did that. He had to, yes, I he had did. to do it a cappella. And then Solon put, did the music arrangement. Then I had to come back and sing it again to the music. So Yes. Yes. And then we screwed it up and I had to come yes. back again. <laughs> yes. And that's when I... I didn't know he wanted me to do two chorus of zombie... Zomb, zomb, zombie duty. So he said, no, do two choruses so it fits better with the... Arrangements. So then I had to come back, and that's when I had the, the cold. That was guerrilla <clears throat> recording, as far as I'm concerned. But it we, sounds we great. Right. It does. Yes. I just heard it. Janie and I. Janie Lockhart's the editor, and uh, we were doing some uh, fine tuning on the on the on the movie. And one of the sequences we were working on just a couple of days ago was uh, the zombie doobie sequence. Boy, oh boy, does it sound good on his computer. He's got a new sound system. Nice. Very nice. We had a screening at the winery, in you know, as a work in progress hmm. because of... Uh, oh, uh, okay. Um, uh, Michelle Bowser. Yeah, she's a buddy of mine. She she plays a, a, a zombie in the movie, and she was uh, yep. one of the Indiegogo investors. And she's owns, along with... Um, the guy who plays Munch. Uh, um, but, uh, well, her her husband is a hunter in the movie. Yeah, he's yeah. a zombie hunter. Yeah. And, um, what's his name? Uh, I know it just like that. Um, owns the winery, mm-hmm. he and his dad. And they have Uncle John's brain juice, a wine, a special wine that you can buy at the theater, actually. <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, they wanted to show a bunch of their friends. So Gary Vincent and I went... We had a DVD of of the movie in almost finished form, and um, and they had a you know great buffet and they had the wine there and we showed the movie and, and the people were saying, "Damn, you're a great singer," which made me feel good <laughs> with the zombie doobie song and one other song. And well, then I wrote three songs and one of them hmm. was the "Beat 'Em or Burn 'Em," which yes. I wrote right after I finish the script and that's uh, in the movie and also that scores the trailer are we allowed to play that on here yeah yeah all right oh, yeah. we'll go out with that one then and then uh uh and then i i uh and solon did the arrangement on that and he sings it mm-hmm. with a couple of his guys so i don't sing that one but then uh, later i thought well let me give a shot at this zombie doobie thing it's a it's actually a, a parody of the old of course Del Viking song Come Go With Me 
which Rolling Stone ranks as one of the 500 greatest songs of all time, believe it or not. It's, it, <laughs> how can you not dance to it you or know? move or <clears throat> snap your fingers? or I mean, honestly, oh, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's easy. Really... Yeah, it was huge. My dad got me into the whole doo-wop thing when I was a, young, really young. Well, they um, came to our high school. They were stationed at uh, yeah, you told, uh, oh, by yes, Pittsburgh Airport. That's right. And they were came in their Air, Air Force uniforms to perform. And I was going nuts over that because I sang in a, you know, R&B group then in high school. And afterwards, but in high school, they were, oh, man, greatest thing in the world, the Dell Vikings are coming. <laughs> and then they started singing, I think, Jitterbug Mary, the song. Jitterbug Mary, woo-hoo, you know. I do. And they started, uh, then that one of them would start dancing. Actually, one of them would pretend he was throwing a cootie on on one of the other ones, and then that one yes, with the yes. cootie on him would start jumping and gyrating, dancing, you know. And then he'd throw the cootie on somebody, and that one, well, then the whole the school officials shut the show down. They said it was too suggestive. Right. Oh, we're re really disappointed. Some of the kids set off fire alarms, and, you know, and it was. So, again, Mr. Russo also has the origin of the cootie. <laughs> yeah, the cootie. Became a popular game, too, by Parker Brothers. <laughs> later yeah. on, yeah. Is that, later on. Do you think that's what started? Uh, probably. Uh, girls had cooties. Guys, had, I, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, it was a common theme in the, uh, if you were outside at recess in mm-hmm. elementary school. Cooties. That's funny. That's really funny. Um, so, oh, by the way, Chuck Corby was the lead singer of the Dell Vikings for eight years. Holy crap, and I had him right here in Helm's Deep headquarters, folks. Well, you can get him back. He's on his way to Arizona now. Uh, go do your research, folks. Go back to the old shows. He was here. Great guy. Great in your movie. I just saw one scene, but I can't wait. Thursday's going to be great, folks. Go to the Oaks in Oakmont if you're in the Pittsburgh area. And uh, buy those tickets up, man, because it's going to be a really fun night. You will, you don't, you don't want to miss this. And do you still call it the unofficial sequel to Night of the Living Dead? Are no, we... I I don't have the right to. When you George can't. and I we traded, uh, we, we did a contract uh, way back. Okay, okay. And I gave him the right to do Dawn of the Dead and call it a sequel. Right. And uh, he gave me the right to, to do Return. Return of the Living Dead, but right. not called a sequel. And I settled for that. That was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of an unspoken sequel. If you call something Return of the Living Dead, <laughs> you know, you, you you don't need to call it a sequel, right? Well, we loved, um, a lot of us, uh, we talked about this, but I, the soundtrack to Return of the Living Dead is like a classic punk rock album. It's so good. Everything on it is amazing. And out of print, it's, a lot of those bands are gone, too. But, well, you can, the, the, the documentary More Brains is one of the best movie documentaries I've ever seen. And I figure prominently in the beginning of it because I was the only one who knew how the deals were put together and what happened behind the scenes. And Tom Fox, the producer, had died. So Tommy Hudson was the producer of More Brains, which Rob Lucas shot my part of it. You know, everything ties in here. Nice. And Tommy was going around saying that I that I saved the documentary, and that really is an exaggeration because you could take my part out of it Mm. and and those people telling their story and all the stories of 
you know, behind the scenes of the production. It's just great. They worked their butts off. <laughs> and uh, Dan was a nice guy, but uh, they, according to them, he was somewhat of a slave driver, too. Mm-hmm. So well, sometimes you need that. Um, well, yeah. I, this has been unbelievable once again, my favorite guest. Um, you'll be hearing some beat 'em and burn 'em after this, <laughs> and uh, we're going to record a song right now that you're not going to hear right now. But uh, hopefully, we'll see you at the Oaks. Well, and, I, I'm going to get. I'll do. I'll do a verse of it. Oh, he's going to do it. But uh, I don't know how well I'll do it oh, with his froggy voice, please. but. Anyways, Solon, I, w- I just want Solon to do an arrangement of oh, this, yeah. and it's a song that started way back when I used to, I only wrote a couple verses when I used to sing with an R&B group, and I, it's always stayed in my mind. It's called Where the Wild Wind Blows, and it starts, I'll just do the opening chorus, where the wild wind blows, that's where you'll find me. Where the wild wind blows, that's where I'll be. That's where you'll find my love and me. Underneath a sheltering tree, because I know she needs me so. That's the chorus. That's all we need. <clears throat> that's all we need. That was fantastic. Good. Fantastic. We're going to go out with that, folks. And thanks for listening. And uh, pick up Fiends of the Flesh. We're talking about Michelle Bowser. She's on it. Paul Wardlin, who called in. He's, she's on it. <laughs> He's on it. And, uh, of course, Mr. Russo, Rise of the Dead is, well, you can find them all at www.burningbulbpublishing.com. And I didn't say Burning Bulb Press for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it drives Gary crazy. Um, and you can find me at uh, www.fairlydarkproductions.com and at fairlydark on Twitter. John, where do we get your stuff? And by the way, I'm going to call you Jack for the first time because okay. I got permission once to call you that. You have to be real close with uh, Mr. Russo to call him Jack. So, Not Jack, where really, do we find you? But it's, just, it's just a John. John uh, John's on all the books and movies. So. I get it. Where do we find you? Uh, com. Uh, my uncle John is a zombie.com. Mm. This Thursday, folks, the Oaks. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Take care.
get their all messed up. Why? Nobody knows. I host the rock podcast back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. 
You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.